Hello and welcome to the Engineering Career Coach Podcast. In this episode, I will be talking to Professor Frank Falcone. He's the Director of Professional Development and Experiential Education in the College of Engineering at Villanova University. We'll be talking about engineering education, how it has changed and will change, and how engineering students can focus their career plans and goals for a technologically expanding future. I'm your host, Jeff Perry, founder of More Than Engineering and a leadership and career coach for engineers. And this is the Engineering Career Coach Podcast. This is the first podcast dedicated to helping engineers and technical professionals with both their personal and professional development. Now let's jump right in. Now it's time to jump right into the main segment of our episode. Today, I'm pleased to be talking with Professor Frank Falcone. Professor, so great to be with you today. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Jeff. My pleasure to be with you. Now, Professor, as we get started here, love for you to tell us a little bit more about what it is that you do on a day-to-day basis these days. And the College of Engineering at Villanova is one of five colleges at our university. In the College of Engineering, we have a professional development program entitled Career Compass, which is currently in its sixth year of existence. And I'm the director of that program. So on a day-to-day basis, I'm managing that program. We have currently 844 students enrolled in that program. That's all the sophomores and juniors. All of them are in it. They're required to take this program. It's required. They have to complete the program in order to graduate. So there's 844 students in there. There's about 40 different modules and events that each student has to complete. So we're looking at over 30,000 individual items that students have to submit for grading. So there's a lot to manage in that program. So I'm involved in managing that. I also have some in-class activities with the freshmen, with the sophomores, and with the juniors. A lot of the program is online, not all of it. So I'm actually meeting with students in class uh, from time to time. And then we also have a senior course that's elective in the Career Compass program, which I teach in the springtime. So it keeps me pretty busy over there, Jeff. Well, that sounds like a great program. I want to learn more and, and dive into understanding more about this. Seems really interesting. You even wrote the book with the same title as a program called the Career Compass, which you use as an online textbook for the students enrolled in the program. So can you tell us a little bit more about the book and how it structures and, and how you put it all together. What did you include to make sure that we're giving engineering students what they need here? Yeah, that's a great question, Jeff. When we started the program and we knew that a substantial portion of it was going to be online, we talked about what's the proper delivery system. So I began recording these videos for the students. And so at first we had modules, there's actually 32 modules in the book. So each module had a video and then an associated quiz with it. The videos did not capture everything that I wanted to say in any given subject associated with these modules. So I decided to write some text that went with each of the modules. So each module has text, then a video, then a quiz. The text runs about maybe three or four pages per module. And there's, like I said, 32 modules in the book. So I guess it's about maybe 90 pages or so of text. So this book, it's online oriented, and it really is focused on what we're doing in 21st century education, that, you know, we're not asking students to read a 30 or 40 page chapter 
and then uh, listen to a lecture on it and then take a test on it. It's much different now, Jeff. The two to four pages, some days, three to four pages of text is what we ask the students to read. Then watch a video. The videos vary in length. Some are as short as 12 minutes. Some are as long as 40 minutes. And then they take a quiz. And they have to complete the quiz and get a certain grade on it before they can move on to the next module. The online book accompanies the whole program, Career Compass. And I might add that when the students, um, they have to purchase that book when they're a freshman. And when they're finished, they take that online book with them to use in their uh, beginning of their professional career. And a lot of the subjects that we discuss, I think probably might have more value for them after they start working in school, after they start working, subjects on leadership and management and ethical behavior and team and group dynamics. A lot of that stuff becomes very important after you start working, especially on a project or a program. That's why we did the book. That's how we did it. And that's designed to accompany each of the modules as our students move through the program. This Career Compass program and associated materials seem like something that a lot of engineers could use. I'm curious, as you and I were talking right before we started recording, that we talk to engineers all the time that say, hey, I wish I would have learned some of these other things outside of the technical components of engineering when I was still in school. It seems like this is your way of approaching this there at Villanova. If you were to kind of narrow this down, what do you feel like is the one or two main things that you hope that engineers take away from this program then that can really influence them in their careers moving forward, would you say? If you look at how the engineering profession has changed over the last, oh, 40 years or so, it is enormous, enormous changes. Many, many years ago, the focus was very narrow. In other words, a person would be educated and trained to do one particular aspect in engineering, civil engineering, chemical engineering, whatever, very highly technical, highly technical, and not focused on management or leadership or on some of these other subjects that we talk about. Now it's much different. The engineering profession is very broad. The one thing that I would try to get across to our students is this concept of the broad aspect to your education. We want you to be a broad, holistic person, not a narrow thinker, but a broad-minded thinker as an engineer. If we look at what graduate engineering people are doing now, they're focused on conceptual design, preliminary design, and then management and leadership. When you get into detailed design anymore, actually computers are doing that all for us now. Not like when I was a young engineer, the repetitive calculations were on and on and on and on, very, very complex. So your day was consumed by technical problem solving and equation solving and that sort of thing. That's all done by computers now. So what are the engineers focused on? They're focused broadly on conceptual design, preliminary design, management, and leadership. Those are the four takeaways I'd like to you know, emphasize as we go through our discussion today. We talked about some of these changes that you've seen over your long career in the engineering profession. As engineering education changes, what do you think some of those additional changes that we need to do to meet these new challenges and new approaches in a more globalized world of engineering and innovation these days? If you look at engineering education, many institutions, I guess because of the academic nature, 
of, uh, you know, the way we educate people over the years, many institutions become what we call stovepipe, where people become very used to teaching one technical course over the course of their uh, academic careers. And that's okay, because we need a solid technical foundation in the profession. The focus in the future for most people in engineering, certainly not for all, but for most people in engineering, is really global in nature, international in nature, and and once again, focused on project management and leadership. This is a recurring theme throughout our Career Compass program, is that the future for most engineers, not all, but for most engineers, will lead them along a track that embraces management and leadership. Once again, conceptual design and preliminary design, not detailed technical work. Now, that's not true for all, not true for all. Some people may be listening to this and say, hey, I'm a highly technical person and that's what I want to do. There's certainly a market for that. It's not the way it used to be where we were educated as an engineer to do technical work and only technical work. Here's the other aspect that's different. Years ago, you were educated to be an engineer and to work on one very narrow part of a project without even knowing about the other aspects of the project that you're working on because the focus wasn't on management before. So now what we're trying to do, what's happening now, engineers are working on, let's say, a part of a project, but they're also aware of the broad nature of the entire project that they're working on. It's much, much better now. So engineering education should focus on the broad aspect of the profession, the broad aspect of the projects that you're working on, and not narrow. That's the focus of the future, Jeff. Professor, as you talk about kind of historically the stovepipe, you know, going deep with educators teaching one particular subject or or type of courses, how are you finding the ability or what's your approach to integrating the career compass approach with the other technical aspects that engineers are still learning and growing in these other various aspects that they're learning in their programs? Yeah, that that is another great question. When we started the program, this is we're into the sixth year now, we said to ourselves, how are we going to integrate with the actual academic departments? We have civil, mechanical, electrical, chemical, and computer. Each one of those departments are focused on those specific technical fields, right? What we've done is we've initiated the Career Compass program at the college level, not at the departmental level, at the college level, so that all students, in addition to their technical fields that they're being exposed to from these various departments, they are exposed to the Career Compass program at the college level. And we also interact with the other faculty members because they participated in some of the modules that we have in our program. I didn't record all of the modules. I have some other faculty members that are interested in this aspect of engineering education that said, hey, Frank, I'd like to participate. And so other faculty are also involved in doing some of these modules. That's also the way we're interacting. And we're also thinking about different ways for interacting as well in the future. It's a good question you raise, though. Personally, I think about when I was in school, sometimes it's so easy to kind of compartmentalize. Okay, I'm learning heat transfer, I'm learning learning thermodynamics, or I'm learning civil engineering, statics, or whatever it is. 
And then, okay, now I'm in career stuff and mentally integrating that as well as in the curriculum. It's a difficult thing sometimes for students to do because sometimes they get so task oriented, they don't look at that bigger picture, which is what you're trying to get them to think about. And so great to be thinking about the different ways that you're approaching, kind of trying to bring it all together and integrate that for everyone. I might add that this is a great subject you're raising, Jeff. It's not easy to do what we're doing, as I'm learning. As I, when we first started this a few years ago, I thought to myself, oh, this won't be so hard. But you know what? Get into the details of it. You find it's much more difficult than you originally thought it was. And so getting this concept across, career-oriented thinking, while students are trying to learn the basics of the professions, it's difficult to do. And there's a maturing aspect, too, as well. So the freshman program of Career Compass is different than the sophomore program and the junior program, because as the students grow, they mature. And when they're they begin thinking about, hey, what am I going to do when I graduate? So their minds begin thinking about careers. And so therefore, what I'm finding is juniors and even the seniors are more apt to begin thinking about some of these subjects, taking them more seriously, I should say, than they did so in the early part of their undergraduate education. It's an interesting point you raised, Jeff. The concept of compartmentalization in education is one of my hot buttons here. We, as educators, don't do a real good job because we do tend to, I guess, put our students into slots and we compartmentalize them. And so when they graduate, they're like, okay, what do I do now? Nobody's helped me broaden my mind out. That's what our program is designed to do. Zooming out a little bit more about where engineers can go. I mean, you just said like, okay, what do I do now? What do you see as some of the typical or even some of the more emerging career paths for some of these newly graduated engineers coming out of the program? On that subject, what we're trying to do is get our students away from thinking that I'm graduating as a civil engineer or a mechanical engineer. We want to get away from that line of thinking and think broadly about what are the career paths that are available in the future? Rather than as my major, what are the career paths in the future? And, you know, if you look generationally at this question, these career paths emerged in the past as well. For example, in the 1950s and 1960s, right, what were engineers focused on? What was the marketplace or the career paths? Well, it was the interstate system was being developed. NASA was being established. The Cold War was being fought with Soviet. These were all drivers for what engineers were working on then. And then later on in the 70s, the environmental movement began to take shape, which, of course, is still with us today. And that drove the Clean Water Act and the Clean Air Act, which generated enormous amount of work for engineers. So what are the drivers now? What are the big national and international drivers that engineers can focus on. And of course, the big one we're hearing about all the time now is infrastructure. I'm thinking that Congress will pass some form of an infrastructure bill. That'll generate an enormous amount of federal funding, which will filter down to the states and into engineering firms and engineers as well. Bridges, highways, railroads, airports. And once again, this is not restricted only to civil engineers. All engineers will be involved in that. So that's one area, infrastructure. Associated with that is the environmental movement and climate change and the need for the term is resiliency now. That's the word these days. 
building resilient structures, structures that will be able to withstand enormous storms like we just had in the Northeast here uh, last week. We saw the subway systems in New York. Some of the stations were flooded out. That happened last week, and it happened in the Sandy, in Superstorm Sandy in 2012. So something's got to be done about this. Engineers will be involved in all of that. So climate change, resilient structures, that's another field. Another one is alternate energy sources. If you look at the 19th century as the century of the steam engine and the 20th century as the century of the internal combustion engine, what will be the engine of the 21st century? Probably some sort of battery-powered engine. So we see the technology and batteries is moving incredibly fast. So alternate energy sources, solar power and wind power and geothermal sources and hydropower, these will all become emerging career paths for our engineers. We're moving to a clean society. Hopefully we can see who knows where in the future we will have a, uh, a carbon-free society. That's a driver. That's a marketplace for engineers in the future. Fourth one I would mention is the advancement in healthcare and medical analysis, medical equipment devices, and uh, drugs and uh, different you know, prescriptions that doctors are prescribed, all chemical engineering to a large degree. That's also advancing tremendously. So thinking about the answer to that question, there's the four, infrastructure, climate change, alternate energy sources, and medical equipment and drugs. And then if you want to add a fifth on top of all of that is the continual development of computerized systems, which helps in all of those other four. So that's where the drivers are going to be for engineers of the future. Those are the marketplaces and the fields that engineers can think about getting involved in. And you mentioned with that last one, talking about computer and technology systems, continue to expand and support all these different areas. And how do you think that as we've seen the shift already with less of the computations that engineers need to be running because computers are taking care of some of those things for us and technology will continue to expand. How do you think the engineers and students should be thinking about their plans and their goals for what they should be focusing on building skills and learning as technology just continues to expand and change for them in the future? The issue is globalization and interconnectivity. Our students have the ability now to interconnect, kind of like what you and I are doing right now in a Zoom meeting, almost instantaneously with anyone in the whole world on any given technical subject. It's really quite incredible, Jeff, when you think about it. The focus on broadening your mind out and the focus on interconnecting with people all over the world is where the driver is going to be. For instance, my own field is water resources, hydroelectric power, things like that. If I want to interconnect with somebody in the Netherlands, let's say, I can do that now almost instantaneously. Whereas maybe even as recent as 10 years ago, that might have been almost impossible to do. So the focus is on broad thinking and interconnectability with many, many people around the world. That's the driver that our students should focus on. Having that ability, which has never existed in the history of mankind on this world, never before, having that ability allows us to think about solving some of the enormous problems that have plagued man from the beginning. And I'm talking about, can we create a world where we have clean water for everybody in the world? Yes, we can. Can we create a world where there's no more food shortages anywhere? 
Think about transportation networks to create a world with no more food shortages. It can be done now. Why wasn't it done before? Because people didn't have the interconnectability with those around the world. Within the gen, I was just telling our students last week, um, in their generation, the mission to Mars is going to occur. Can you imagine such a thing that's going to happen? So the technology required to do that is expanding at an incredible rate. You have to think broadly and globally. If we want to go out further, can we finally think about a world that's at peace? Can we focus on world peace? And maybe if we can address some of these other issues, clean water and available food supplies and transportation networks, maybe we can find a way to create a peaceful world through interconnectability. I think it's all very possible, Jeff. And I think engineers can be at the forefront of doing this if we just begin to think broadly and globally and not narrowly. This is where engineering education has to change. We have to get our engineering colleges and universities and our faculties to think broadly, not narrowly, broadly. That's my takeaway from my students in the Career Compass program. That theme runs through the whole entire program. Professor, you're getting me excited here, and, and hopefully some of our listeners are getting excited as they're listening about this to think about just how impactful some of the things that engineers can really do. Some of the problems that we can be a part of solving, and it, it gets pretty exciting when we think about, you talk about thinking broadly. Now, we've talked about a lot of different things. Anything else you see or think is on the horizon for engineers and engineering profession in the future here? We talked about these things like the mission to Mars. That's here. It's going to happen either with the private sector or the public sector, or a combination of both. People may be listening and be saying, well, I'm not interested in that, but that's not the driver. The mission is actually the goal, but the engineering technology required to make that happen in every single branch of engineering is tremendous. If we look at the mission to the moon in 1969, the 60s that led to that eventual goal, you know, spun off the computer industry, the computer chip industry that we all use every day now. So I think those sorts of things, resilient engineering, I go back to that. We do know that the sea level is rising. You know, there's only predictions about what's going to happen. No one knows for sure. We do know these things are happening. So the structures that we're going to build have to be resilient. What does that mean? It means that we have to design for different kinds of loads and different kinds of pressures and different kinds of project durations. We have to think broadly, conceptually. That's the thought process. The other point I, I do want to make, which we do stress a lot with our students, is I say to the students all the time, while you're here in undergraduate school, it's important for you to begin developing a sense of self-awareness. This question about who am I as a person and what do I want to achieve in my life? Will the world be a better place because I was here? These sorts of deep questions that we all need to address in our lives, regardless of what our career is, provide a sense of self-satisfaction, professional growth, professional satisfaction, and personal happiness in our lives. Who am I? Develop a sense of personal awareness. And then once we get a handle on who we are, then we can think more broadly about the problems that we want to try to solve in this world. We talk about that a lot on our program, trying to figure out who we are. Professor, this has been a fun discussion. To end off just this main segment here, do you have any other 
professional development tips, especially for our early career engineers who might be listening in? The difference between the academic world and the professional world, and this might be changing now because of COVID, although probably not that much. I tell our students, look, you need to be on time for work. You have to be on time. Be focused on the fact that if you are working on a project, that means you're working for a client and that client is paying your company who's paying you. So you need to be mindful that your work is being measured by your supervisors and moreover by your clients. If you don't do a good job, your client's not going to hire your company again. You have to be wary and mindful of the practicality of your day-to-day work. Be always on time. Be clear-minded. I always tell everybody, if your workday starts at 8.15, get there at 8 o'clock. If your workday ends at 5, work for your client up till 5. You're getting paid till 5. Stay a few minutes later on and clean up your desk. Always have a clean desk. Never live in a world of clutter. Use the term tips. These are small tips, but they're very important. Always be respectful to everyone that you work with, your coworkers, your supervisors, and perhaps those who are junior to you in your workforce. Always be respectful to everyone you work with and always be truthful and honest in everything you do. These are recurring concepts and tips that we share with our students. The concept of honesty, ethical behavior, being on time, a full day's work for a full day's pay. These are very, very important concepts, Jeff, very important. Thanks so much. This has been a fun discussion. At this point, we're going to transition over to the Take Action Today segment of the show, where we'll get one more final takeaway from Professor Falcone. Now it's time for our Take Action Today segment of the show. We've had a great discussion with Professor Falcone, and he's going to give us one final takeaway about how we can think about our engineering careers now, today, and in the future. For one final takeaway, we have to make a distinction between training and education. We can train somebody to run a series of computer programs. We can train somebody to do a repetitive job. That's not what engineering education is all about. There's a big difference between training and education. Engineering students are being educated to be a full professional, holistic individual, where your mind is broad and open. And when your mind is broad and open, you can think conceptually. You can do preliminary planning and design. When you think that you're being trained to do a job, that's not the same thing. Part of your takeaway today is don't think of yourself as being trained. You're being educated. And along with that, after you graduate, don't think of yourself as getting a job. Try to get that term, getting a job, out of your head. You know, you're going to begin practicing your profession. It's a very, very different way of thinking. If we practice our profession, we'll become a holistic thinker. We'll become a problem solver. That's much different than the concept of getting a job. The concept of getting a job is I go to work, somebody tells me what to do, I do it, then I go home. That's not what we're talking about here. You're learning to become an engineer and you're going to practice your profession for as long as you're going to do it for. And then the last part of that is remember, After you graduate, you're going to be working for 40 years, maybe longer, maybe 50 years in your given profession. You want to be happy in that work. You want to have a sense of professional fulfillment. 
in that work. It's a long time. It's most of your life, right? Be careful about who you are as an individual. Try to figure out who you are as an individual. It's not an easy question to answer. Take some time to get an answer. But try to think about who you are and what you want to focus on. If you do so, you'll be embarking on a wonderful professional career in engineering that will be very fulfilling for you and lead to success in your career and a happy life. Thanks so much. This has been an enlightening discussion for me and I hope for our listeners as well. If people want to learn more about some of the things you're doing, Professor, or some of the things going on at Villanova and the Career Compass program, where would you point them to for more information? Well, you certainly can send me an email directly, frank.falcone at villanova.edu, or you can go on our Villanova University College of Engineering website. You just browse through there and you'll find the Career Compass program and all of the information about our program is there. And our textbook is also available to other universities if they're interested. Thanks so much for a great discussion. It's been a pleasure, and I wish you continued success with the program and other endeavors. Thank you, Jeff. Success to you as well, young man. Have a good one. I hope you enjoyed the episode today. We would love to hear your feedback, comments, and questions. Go to www.engineeringmanagementinstitute.org where you'll find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode, as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books mentioned during this episode. And don't forget to check out our upcoming live webinar for this month at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. Additionally, for those engineers struggling with unemployment or uncertain about how to make an intentional career transition, I've created some free training resources with an opportunity to join a more intensive program to help you on this path called the Engineering Career Accelerator. You can find more information at engineeringcareeraccelerator.com. Until next time, I wish you the best in all of your engineering endeavors. The strategies that you heard in this episode will be of no use to you unless you take action and start to implement them in your career immediately. To help you do that, we have designed a system that you can use at Engineering Management Institute Org. It combines live monthly webinars with PDHs, plus a private forum giving you access to coaches and premium content focused on helping you build your management and leadership skills. Join us for our next live webinar at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org and we'll help you engineer your own success.